Hey, hey, everybody. This is your man, El Jamal, back again for another edition of Never Out of Bounds. You know what it is. This is the place where your Second Amendment is protected, but you know the deal. And we have a couple couple big topics to talk about tonight and i'm gonna get right into it as i usually do with the world on the street and uh word on the street is pope francis will be meeting with uh u.s bishops tomorrow uh to discuss the controversy surrounding them and you know a lot of these sexual abuse cases that are starting to pop up uh, this is a big issue, and this is not only an issue in the U.S., this has been an issue in many other countries such as Chile, Australia, Germany, amongst others. Um, this is so much of a problem that Prince Francis will meet uh, with Catholic Catholic officials from the U.S. and around the world uh, sometime next year, actually February the 21st to the 24th. And like I said, they will be discussing all these sexual abuse cases and what the cause of action should be. I think this is a huge problem. This has been a rampant problem. I myself uh, in terms of at least what I've been, well, at least what I've heard about sexual, any type of sexual, you know, cases against a Catholic priest. I remember, uh, at least in my lifetime, I can go back to at least uh, about sixth or seventh grade, and um, and you know what, about two thousand, yeah, about two thousand three, and you know what, it didn't feel, I didn't feel uh, comfortable with it then. I wasn't cool with it you know definitely wasn't cool with the den then and i'm still not cool with it now there's some re- real serious issues going on within the catholic hierarchy and uh, within a lot of religious hierarchies as well and uh, i think a year is a little bit too long i think this needs to be discussed now uh this shouldn't wait you know and um, as a victim of uh molestation and as somebody who's, you know, listened to countless other stories of the same problems that I had, the same troubles I've had, you know, it just irks me that they want to still sit around and wait for a whole nother year to discuss something that's going on. Uh, that's a that's a problem today. Uh, but he is going to meet uh, with the Pope. Uh, Pope Francis is going to be, be meeting with U.S. bishops starting tomorrow. Uh, two of the main people he'll be meeting up, meeting up with will be Cardinal Daniel DiNardo, an archbishop from the Houston Galveston uh, area, and also Cardinal Sean Patrick O'Malley from Boston. Now, this is coming off the heels of uh, Pen- a Pennsylvania grand jury uh, discovering a uh, discovering that. 300 priests molested over 100, oh, I'm sorry, 1,000 people over a 70-year period. Now, this is, you know, egregious. This is over the top, uh, you know, and this deserves no, there's no excuses for this. Uh, there needs to be some type of indictments. I'm sorry, you know, and again, you know, Throughout my, you know, at least when I started hearing about these type of things and uh, when we talk about, the, you know, the terrorists, uh, you know, you know, in, in Muslim faith, you know, you might hear about ISIS and stuff like that. And mind you, this is not a reflection of the entire religion, but it's just so hard that nothing is being done really uh, by these upper upper echelons of these religious institutions to stop, you know, the, the rapes, the sexual molestation in the Catholic world. And there's nothing to really stop terrorism or turn their back against terrorism. Uh, and to me, I don't see a solid, um, you know, 
a solid front on the Muslim end to, to stop terrorism or to say this is not what we're about. We condemn this. And again, as long as, you know, there isn't that, you know, excommunication from that, that aspect, I still feel that people are going to put holes on both sides and, and religion in general and just and just find ways to, uh, you know, not necessarily discredit it, but definitely these are things that we shouldn't be having. Uh, you know, kids should not be mis- being, you know, inappropriately touched. Uh, these young children, whether they're working for the church or just happen to be church partitioners, they should not be molested. You know, I'm not down with this. Uh, but however, the bishops in the U.S. do want to go further into the demands of a former ambassador of the Vatican uh, for the U.S., Carlo Maria Vengano, who's also a archbishop. Now, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Vigano, he um, he wants Pope Francis to actually resign. Now, the reason being is reports have actually shown that the Pope was negligent in acting on Archbishop Theodore McCarrick of Washington, D.C. Now, um, now, McCarrick was accused of abusing 18 in the 70s, as well as numerous young church workers starting in uh, really his, his heyday uh, was about the 1980s. That's when he was doing a lot of his damage. Um, damage. And uh, I'm going to get into some more details about him because I think it's important that we do know what's going on. Now, two settlements were uh, made in 2005 and 2007 by his former archdiocese uh, that he worked for. And if you don't know what an archdiocese is, it's basically just a spirit influence for the Catholic Church, basically where their churches are set up and so on and so forth. This is from the Archdiocese of Newark. And like I said, they were made in 2005 and 2007 uh, to the totals, to the sums of 180000 and another one for 80000 uh, Basically, to it was a settlement. Uh, and it was a settlement for uh, a case that McCarrick was involved in. Now, also, uh, the Archdiocese of uh, Metuchen, which is also a town in New Jersey, they gave out uh, $53,333 in one settlement. And also in the Diocese of Trenton, uh, they also paid a $100,000 settlement in order to keep, uh, keep, you know, what do you call these? Uh, I get yeah, keep these accusations at bay, and um, basically uh, they they, they want to keep everybody. They want to keep things silent, and the Pope. Uh, it was said that the Pope the Pope demoted the Cardinal in July, but he basically just uh, allowed him to resign from his job. So there was no real punishment. He was just allowed to quit. Now, Donardo, Archbishop Donardo, uh, he does want a full investigation to be approved by the Pope. Uh, an investigation would be done, of course, by law enforcement and would definitely more than likely lead uh, to the arrest and apprehension and hopefully the charging of this man for the crimes that he's committed. Now, and this is this is where it gets even uh, deeper. Uh, Boniface Ramsey, a pastor at the St. Joseph's Church, of New York City also sent numerous warnings about McCarrick to other high-end officials in in the Catholic world, at least on the eastern on the uh, on the eastern United States. So this this man's name has been around. I'm sure many other priest names have gone around with these accusations without anybody doing anything uh, to stop it. Uh, it um 
he also uh, tried to warn uh, Bonifa uh, Boniface. Uh, also tried to one uh, one Pope John Paul II uh, before uh, McCarrick was named Archbishop of D.C. It's also uncovered uh, that a letter was written in 1994 by another priest uh, detailing how McCor uh, McCarrick molested him. And this was sent to uh, Bishop Edward Hughes, who was pretty much, uh, I'm sorry, who was McCarrick's successor uh, in the Archdiocese of, uh, this would be, I believe this is the Matushin case here. So, uh, you know, definitely a can of worms, definitely, you know, some cover up. And again, if this is supposed to be an institution of God, an institution which we're supposed to be pious, then I think everybody, you know, involved needs to be held to those standards, seriously. And if we're not going to be doing that, then what are we doing here on this earth? You know, one thing I do not like to see is the innocent taking, and, the, and those who cannot fight for themselves being taken advantage of, and, and kids are just, that's just something that can send me over. Like, that's not cool. And, uh, and to be honest with you, hearing about these cases as a child, as a teenager, uh, and hearing about all these young men who are my age at the time being touched inappropriately by these priests and knowing about what I came through, what I've been through, it 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 pushed me away from the church. I'll be I'll be all right. I'll be downright honest with you. Uh, it definitely made me very weary of the church and any man within the cloth. Um, and definitely me going to a Catholic school. Uh, for, for my middle school years did trip me out a little bit you know I didn't know if I could trust the you know the, the priest or one of the teachers who I mean you know you don't you don't know and I for sure didn't and uh again you know I think this is something that has to be discussed it's something that has to be changed immediately and whatever needs to be done whatever actions that need to be taken Pope Francis you need to handle that boy you really do all right, y'all, we're going to take our first break for the night. And when we come back, we got some Thursday night football. Week two is underway. We're going to be talking Ravens and Bengals, AFC North matchup. All right, my peoples, let's get it. All right, ladies and gents, and we are back. You know this is never out of bounds, and this is your host, L. Jamal. And let's get right into it. We got some football news here. You know, week two has started off with the bang. Uh, two AFC North rivals took squared off tonight, the Bengals and the Ravens. And the Bengals uh, came out with a W tonight, 34-23. Let's get into these stats. Now, Andy Dalton, he had a pretty damn good game. I wouldn't say this is a career game from him. Uh, I know he could throw for a little bit more yards than this, but uh, overall, he did pretty great. He had he went 24-42. Uh, he went for 265 yards, and he got four touchdowns. Again, this is not something he always does. And with a, a veteran defense like, you know, Baltimore's, uh, that's a good sign. I think, you know, definitely the early year jitters are out the way. You know, the Bengals offensively, they look they look like a, a 
a pretty well-oiled machine. Of course, we'll have to see when they play Pittsburgh, but so far, so good. Uh, Joe Mixon carried the ball 21 times and got 84 yards. Uh, in terms of receiving, Tyler Boyd had a had a damn good game. He had six, uh, six, uh, six catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Green, he also helped out the amazing speedster. Uh, he had five catches, 69 yards, and three touchdowns. So, uh, these two guys right here and uh, got, you know, helped out Andy Dalton a whole lot. Um, again, uh, Joe Mason, you know, he was able to do a little bit on the running game. Wasn't able to get any touchdowns. I'm going to be interested in seeing uh, just how well he does this year, um, you know, just in terms of getting the ball and, and everything like that. Because in my opinion, you know, they're going to have to be balanced uh, just like everybody else. I preach this with everybody else, but uh, just because I'm not, I'm not convinced that Andy Dalton can make the throws, Tom Brady, or maybe a Aaron Rodgers can make. So I definitely think they need some balance on the offense. You know, being able to run that ball. Um, you know, again, Giovanni Bernard didn't really show up tonight, but it didn't really matter. They were able to get the W. But I think later on into that into the year. Uh, it would behoove them, at least on for their sake, to be able to run that ball a little bit. And defensively, they were led by Sean Williams. He had eight total tackles, uh, six solo. T- uh, six solo. Uh, he assisted uh, assisted on another two. He also had a sack and an interception. So he was pretty much all over the field defensively. Uh, I'll give him the defensive player of the game. I like I like players who can who can pretty much contribute on all facets of defense, turning the ball over and getting to the quarterback and just all around tackling people. That's how you do your job. Uh, so in terms of, you know, just how the game went, the Bengals started off uh, scoring, you know, 14 unanswered points in the first quarter. Uh, then also the second quarter, uh, second quarter came by. Uh, that's when you started to see the Ravens kind of get into a groove. Uh, they didn't really look particularly great offensively today we'll get into that in just a second uh but in the second half they just pretty much traded field goals and uh you know again like i said uh let's get to these raven stats here joe flacco went 32 of 55 376 yards two touchdowns and two interceptions so that's there you go that's pretty much you know where your game went to right there. Uh, Alice Collins, he got nine carries, 35 yards. Now, Javorius Allen, uh, he added a touchdown through the running game, but he only had eight yards. So very difficult for the Ravens to move the ball down the field, running the ball. This has been the story for them for the past couple of years. Just, you know, having some uh, some kind of running game, and it's very difficult. Um, and again, it, it looks like it's affecting Joe uh, Joe had to throw a lot of passes today, 55 passes. Uh, of course, he had a decent touchdown to interception ratio, but if you take those two two interceptions back, that's two added you know possessions. There's no telling where that goes. Um, now, in terms of receiving, John Brown led the way with four recoveries. Uh, I'm sorry, four catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. And Mark Andrews, the tight end, also supplied a touchdown as well. So again, uh, we already know. As as per the Ravens usual, their tight end is getting involved. He has a touchdown, and they're looking to find that that number one true receiver. Maybe it's John Brown. Who knows? And in terms of defense for them, uh, Tony Jefferson and uh, their linebacker led the way with seven total tackles. Again, they had a rough a rough go of it. 
uh, on the defensive side of the ball, especially through the air. You know, there's those cornerbacks, they got burnt. AJ, AJ Green has a lot of speed. He's zooming all over the field, and it looked like the Ravens couldn't keep up with him in the backfield. And it's a difficult game. And uh, with that being said, the the Bengals go up two and two and zero. Oh. Uh, good start for them and for the year. Uh, you know, we pretty much uh, came into this season knowing that Marvin Lewis, their head coach, was going to be on the hot seat. Uh, so two and zero is a pretty good start. The Ravens fall to one and one. You know, five hundred isn't terrible. Uh, <laughs> certainly not terrible. Uh, for, at the start of the season, but we'll see how they progress. Uh, the same thing that they've always been struggling with the running game, uh, you know, f- dynamic wide receiver play. They're still struggling with that. And, you know, this year it looks like it might be coupled with a defense that, or at least a secondary that cannot keep up with speedy receivers. So they look like they definitely got some holes, ladies and gents. All right. Now we got one more story for football today. And uh, linebacker Mike, Michael Kendricks has recently signed a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks. He was uh, recently released by the Browns after being charged with insider trading. Now, I'm not too sure all the, the specifics of this or how much uh, time he's supposed to be getting for this. But this is a significant crime. Uh, I'm not even too sure if it's like a, I think it is, is a felony. Um, but anyways, he did plead guilty. Kendricks did plead guilty and he is a, uh, he is facing a sentencing hearing, uh, and that will be held in January 20th of next year. So he has some time to go before that. He'll be able to get some money before then too. So, uh, good luck to him on that. And, uh, he used, uh, basically what he's in trouble for is using tips from an anonymous source to make 1.2 million bucks in legal profit. So maybe football doesn't play pay as well as you thought. Uh, he started in 13 games last year for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, last year for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he had two sacks and 73 total tackles, and he also played in the Super Bowl. So, uh, again, you know, this is, I guess, the pride comes before the fall, you know, um, I, I can't, you know, be mad at the man for trying to find ways to make money. I don't even know how, you know, insider trading works, how it's illegal. I couldn't tell you, but apparently this man broke the law. And but for now, he's living to play another football game. <laughs> so there you go. All right, y'all, we're going to take one last quick break. And uh, I finally wanted to address uh, when I come back, I want to address uh, the the old Colin Kaepernick Nike 30th anniversary ordeal. Um, you will be in a, you'll, you'll be interested in what I pretty much have to say about it or my stances on it. So we're gonna take a, a one last quick break, and then when we come back, we'll end up we'll end our show tonight on that. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. So I'm back, and I'm gonna wrap everything up for tonight. And like I said. I was going to discuss this Nike cap situation and uh, black people, black people's response to it, at least what I can gather. And this is going to segue into my my dear white people critique. Uh, I've been watching that show on Netflix, too. And uh, I wanted to use this situation uh, being with cap and Nike. And just the word woke, 
And I want to talk about that. And I was going to use all these three uh, topics here with the show, Cap, and Nike, just to kind of, uh, you know, I feel and what I think being woke is all about. Um, well, first and foremost, let's get the let's get the facts out the way. Uh, you know, for for one, uh, let's just get all the the stats out the way. Uh, Forty four percent of eighteen to thirty four year olds approve of what Cap is doing, doing compared to thirty two percent that are against. So that's not surprising. This is the millennial generation. Uh, this generation of of you know internet tolerance of tolerance you know of of you know just the 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 basics the surface level stuff uh definitely you know all surface all propaganda in my opinion driven and the the older that I get um the more I see is corporate driven uh you know and and it's you know just the way that it is but I digress. Fifty-two uh, percent of thirty-five to forty-four-year-olds approve of what Cap is doing as well. So uh, he definitely has his support, and uh, two two-thirds of Nike's consumer base is younger than thirty-five. So you know, Nike made a smart business decision. You know, the eighteen to thirty-year-old pop, thirty-four-year-old populace in this country, uh, there trying to be on that woke level where politically I would say inclined I wouldn't I don't want to use the word savvy I don't think a lot of us have a whole lot of expertise I see some of us just you know taking information and going with it and not really standing on their own with their own you know with their own belief system so I do see a lot of people taking bits of what they're, they're they feel like they're learning and going from there so that's fine, you know, that fits in, in the narrative of, of what we have going on right now. Of course, you had your boycotts, people burning, cutting off the Nike sign, mostly older white folks and just white folks in general, just being all up in arms about something that makes no difference. They've already spent their millions of dollars, just like black folk, and, you know, it doesn't matter about Europeans being hurt. Now, online sales of, of Nike jumped by 31, 31%, and they've, uh, I believe today, they've closed with their highest percent of earnings in a very long time. It's an all-time high, and I think these are all these, these are all good business facts to have. Now, Nike's PR squad at the moment, you know, we all know about LeBron and Serena. Of course, we have Cap. And then we have Camilo Leon, which is an investment analyst at uh, Canaccord uh, Genuity. So uh, they've definitely been working on, you know, building up their PR and definitely find, you know, this is all a work, in my opinion. This is all something that they knew from the start and they all had planned and, you know, it just so happens it's working as well as it is. As you are not surprised, 68% of black people approve what Cap is doing. Of course, I'll get into more of my feelings in just a second. Now, you know, a lot of people that will give you the alternative facts about this situation 
will just give you, you know, the little call. Yeah, they give you the little meme or they had a little smart sly comment uh, referring to, uh, you know, you know, they had a little sly comments referring to the the sweatshop situation about Nike and this, that, and other. They only pay people 25 cents uh, to, um, you know, to make a sneaker and, you know, well, beyond that. Let's get beside that just the just the the easy the low hanging fruit. See, I'm a I'm a deeper thinker. You know, I, I as soon as I I looked at you know what was going on, I saw the you know the advertisement. It didn't bother me. I didn't I wasn't bothered either way by it to be honest. I didn't I didn't feel a sense of uh, oh wow this guy is trying to disrespect America. Uh, you know, this guy's trying to you know bait us with race so I didn't get that and did I feel you know a sense of pride a sense of oh man Nike Nike gets it Nike understands our problem Nike's gonna help us Nike's are you know white and shiny no I didn't feel that either no I didn't no I didn't see that either I didn't see oh my god they're doing it for the culture they realize we have a problem really no I didn't feel that either now now let's get into some deep, some higher hanging fruit. Nike employees and its own political action committee has given $424,000 to Republican candidates and only $122,000 for Democrats in this election cycle. This is even more money given to given by a company to the Republican Party, at least in terms of shoes and fashion, these these type of companies. This is even more money than New Balance, who claims to be the shoe of the alt-right. At least that's what the well no, no, no. The alt-rights have claimed New Balance and the new and New Balance has claimed to follow Trump. But Nike has given more money to the Republican Party the new balance, but <laughs> they telling you just do it. Yeah, they just did it. They just took your money. <laughs> Over the past eight years, Nike has donated one and a half million bucks to the Republicans as compared to just below one million for Democrats. And it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> Senator Orrin Hatch, a Republican from Utah, who's against gay marriage. And, and the reason why I'm highlighting the gay marriage is because, you know, this is a, a left wing topic. This is a left wing staple. And they all like to bring all our problems together. You know, they like to lump the problems of the black people together with gays and immigrants. That's how the left likes to do it. And I'm not saying I'm against the left, but this is where I, you know, this is. I'm I'm just calling it how I see it. This is this is y'all company that you say is 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 claimed to be woke. It's claimed to be for you and about you. This is what they did. Now, Orrin Hatch, a Republican senator from Utah who was against gay marriage, who urged who was one of the main voices who urged Trump to pull out of the climate deal with Paris, the Paris Climate Agreement was given $12,300 from Nike. 
Senator Bob Corker, I've talked about him a couple of times, a Republican from Tennessee who opposes union and is down with tax cuts to workers in the working class. And he also opposed a gay marriage, was also given a charitable donation of at least five thousand bucks. OK, now, mind you. The Nike is headquartered in Beaverton, Oregon, which is in the Portland metro area. In all reality, it's a good, I would say, good hour, maybe half an hour away from Portland, something like that. I don't know if it's necessarily in the area of Portland, but Portland is the main, the major city, the major city of the state. So anything within radius is going to be, you know, part of that area. Outside of Portland, that state is conservative as hell. So this does not surprise me. Okay. Now, you want some more facts? I got some. You want to hear some some retarded shit? We've taken this and, you know, maybe not us, but outside entities has 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 seen, you know, the hilarities of this and seen so much of the hilarity in this that fake coupons have uh, been created on for starting off on 4chan, which if you don't know about 4chan is your foray into the deep, dark web. So, uh, you know, that's for another time. But fake coupons have been released Offering discounts for people of color. This is how stupid this shit is. We're putting out fake coupons for this bullshit. Nike had a sending alert to all its stores in the U.S. This shit is offering a 75% discount for black folks. And it was supposed to be valid from, you know, August the 1st through December the 31st. Now, more to about Nike as well. Now, we all know it was made by Phil Knight. It was made and it's in Oregon. And let's talk about these executives. Not a brother or sister in sight. There's about three white ladies, and I'll give you an Indian guy. There's one Indian guy within those executives, but not a brother, not a sister. Nobody from an immigrant background. So I'm trying to figure out what, what Nike got to do with it. I'm trying to figure out what uh, law has Nike lobbied for for black people. What law did they lobby for? What law did they help get passed? What? Where is it? Tell me. If I'm wrong, please let me know. And if and just because I wanted to just go for the low, just because I can, it's is once I once I once I t- touch the higher fruit, I can just get the lower fruit just to just to put it out there. That that uh that sweatshop stuff about Nike, that's that's just not true. That's that's still true. And it's as recent as a couple of years ago in 2014, April 2014, there was a strike at the UUN Industrial Holdings Factory, which is the uh, what. And it was the largest uh, strike in mainland China. And this is a, a factory that produces all uh, shoes for all different types of companies, Nike included. Now, people at this facility are bringing home roughly $300 U.S. a month. And this is a facility of 70,000 people. Now, also on top of that, between 2010 and 2014, Nike was able to basically make three point eight six billion off of royalties tax free by hiding them in offshore companies in the Bermuda and the Bahamas. 
in Bermuda and the Bahamas. So come on, bruh. They're just as crooked. They're just as maniacal and capitalistic as any other company out there. This is what I'm talking about. But they got your back, right? Because they put Colin Kaepernick as the face. Look, I'm going to tell you just how I feel about this shit right now. There, you know, the biggest thing that I've been hearing about, you know, just the, the knee taken and these these movements is we want, you know, the attention. We want, you know, the public eye to know, the mainstream media to be. No, first and foremost, we know that there's been a problem in this country. We've known, we've read the same history books, we've seen the same TV, you know, uh, we've seen the same events happen in terms of 9-11. We've seen the same uh, results that have happened from that in terms of the mistreatment of 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 Muslim and other, uh, you know, people from the Middle East. We've we've read the history books where it talked about our fight, black people's fight for civil rights. We've learned about these undocumented immigrants being mistreated and, and just cast aside. We learned about uh, gays and lesbians. We learned about women being dis, you know, dis, disrespected in this culture. We, there is no no more time for the awareness, the, the time for being woke. There is no woke. You should never have been sleep. There was nothing to be sleep to. No, the problem is people decided they wanted to pursue other things and get involved in 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 being exploited or thinking that they're making some money and they're making some profit when all they're doing is being exploited by a an outside corporation. No, I don't think this is an accomplishment for Kaepernick. No, I don't think this is an accomplishment for black people. You let me know when the laws have been passed. Tell me when legislation changes and cops that could actually commit, actually commit murders are going to jail. Holla at me when that happens. I don't give a fuck that he's on the cover of the billboards. I don't give a fuck if he's on the cover of, of the, of the, of the, of the, of the ad campaign. That's not being woke, being buying Nikes. No, that makes you a consumer. And this is and this is my thing about this whole period that we've been trying to come into. We'll be trying to 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 push lately about being woke and being awake. Fuck that woke shit. That's where you get this show like Dear White People Come From. And mind you, I saw the movie uh, came out like that, that came out a few years ago with the same title. And I get it, you know, I get black people want a different experience. They want to be able to to tell these different stories. But again, you know, <laughs> there's so many nuances to our situation and there's so many things that make our story unique. I'm not in the business for exploiting that. I'm not into giving networks and and television stations and and websites that i don't control rights to just do whatever with our story i'm not with that no more just for a dollar i think that's what I, when i see movies like this when i see tv shows like this what you can check check out this show 
It is on Netflix now. Like I said, it was based off a 2014 film. And all your all your favorite characters are there. And I'm leading this all together, like I said, because I have an issue with this woke shit. I really do. I really do. We're taking we're taking words and we're taking aspects from our culture and we're turning them on their heads for the sake of for the sake of claiming to be, you know, more enlightened than the next brother. We're taking the word hotep and we're applying it to things that don't even make sense, even though for thousands of years in our culture, it's meant something different. Now we want to change it. Or, or we want to take aspects from our culture that really are bullshit aspects. And we want to defend those principles as long as it makes us a buck. See, you know, if black lives mattered for real, and you can get mad and you can sit there and you can be mad and call me a sellout. You can call me the coon. And I t- I'll be the first to tell you, fuck the All Lives Matter movement, too. I think it's all nonsense because if black lives mattered, why are they not? Why are the black lives matter? Motherfuckers not outside the hotel telling them to bring the young sisters home. Why are y'all not outside the trap house too? Why are y'all not constantly calling up black officials, holding them accountable and bringing them into the neighborhood in order to make these changes happen? Callan Kaepernick ain't even doing that. When he shows up, when he's when he's when he's when he's with the black lawmakers, when he when he shows up with Ayanna Presley, who's been who who just got nominated to be the first black uh, woman from the state of Massachusetts, you know, elected to the House of 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 House of Representatives. When he shows up with her, and when when he somebody who's been in her community, who's shown up, who's created programs, and when he shows up with those type of people, then I'll take him seriously. I don't give a fuck about what he does to make money. And I'm tired of people taking our struggle, taking our culture, black and white, and using it as a platform to get them paid. This is and and this is the thing. Back in the '70s, there was a song by a really uh, important artist to my family, and and I grew up being a fan of his because his, his his words were so true, so politically poignant. His name is Gil Scott Heron, and I'm pretty sure you might not have heard his name, but you've heard the title of one of his best songs, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. And today, my young black brothers and sisters, of matter of fact, not even just brothers and sisters, meaning my black folks, but to my white brothers and sisters, to my Mexican brothers and sisters, my Asian, my Pacific Islander, even my gay, transsexual, however you want to be labeled in this country, poor, you know, rich, I don't care. The revolution has not only been televised, it's being advertised to you as you speak, as we, as I speak. And it is taken away from the real effectiveness of it. This is grassroots and it always should have been. This come the only the only time this works is when the people, the masses that have been held down for so many years and so much for so much for so long, they come together. Because seeing Colin Kaepernick on the face of Nike advertising their products doesn't change the laws, but it definitely gets cap paid more money. It, it, but it, and it also makes you want to buy more Nikes. It helps Nike get more money, but it does not change the law. So I don't give a fuck if they put pictures of Jesus on there. 
change the, I need the laws to change. And no, I'm not buying four or five pairs of Nikes. Nikes always been super expensive, always been out of pocket on terms of price. So I don't need to support that. And no, they don't even pay their workers right. They started off, they started off, they starting off pay below minimum wage at $9.96. And of course, you know, that's on the low end of things, but starting out $9.96, not even 10 motherfucking but nine sixty nine. Excuse me. Not even ten bucks. Fuck Nike. Fuck these corporations. If you want a revolution, if you want to see change, again, look at what's going on in our communities. And I'm gonna keep bringing it up because this is what's going on right now. You got senators. You got lawmakers. Even the uh, the first, even uh, Gillum from Florida, the first uh, black uh, governor at least nominee from that state of Florida. They've all been involved. Acasio, again, I'm gonna keep bringing up her name, Ayanna Press, so y'all know, Maxine Waters, been involved in that community. Been involved, been doing shit. I don't give a damn about somebody's, about a football player. That's just me. I don't care about where y'all, of course y'all gonna buy Nikes because that, because it's about status. The revolution becomes before our status. So, yeah, you know, everybody wants to be woke. Everybody wants to, 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 to talk about white people, to, to say this and like, it's all oh, well, white people. It ain't about defending them. It ain't about being anybody. It's about doing what's right. Yeah, white people, yeah, police shoot us. But black people shoot each other every day as well. And there's no excuse behind that. And it doesn't seem like we want to address that. We don't want to address how we pimp our own daughters and our sisters. We don't want to say we don't want to say that. We don't want to talk about that. You can sit there and talk about how the government brings in drugs every day. Yes, they do. But who distributes? Oh, oh. See, that people want to be silent about that. Oh, it's a Okay, y'all just don't like the terminology. Then let's don't call it black on black crime. Let's call it what it is. Murder. Black men are dying from murder and AIDS. You want to argue about it? Let's not. Cause I'm right. You can call it what you want. Okay, you don't want to call it black on black crime, then call it what it is. Murder, homicide. That's what's killing us. And we're doing that. Yeah, you there's a there's there's a few number of, of police brutal murders, sure. But when you add that with every day we shoot each other, that's a bad look, y'all. That's a bad look. No, I don't think, I, I think there needs to be, yeah, I think there needs to be gun control. Yeah, I have a problem with these white boys just shooting up schools. But I, and I, but I get, I always laugh when I see that stupid ass meme on Facebook. Oh, damn. And this is something that you would see on that old, on that dear white people shit. <laughs> oh, well, how come they know, no, no, no black mass shooters? That's what something Sam would say. Of course, you know, she up in there. Sam White 
And see, on, and see, they made it funny because in the show, you know, in the movie, of course, we all know she's half, right? So they they made it all funny. Gave her name, gave her some, the name Samantha White to play into all that. See, it's just we playing into this shit. We were supposed to be stopping it, not playing into it, not playing the roles. Money, right? That's how it is. All right, y'all, I'm going to wrap this up for tonight. I know I went off the deep end a little bit, but I had to. A lot of this shit was on my mind. Uh, next show, I wanted to talk about my man, uh, Mac Miller. Um, his music meant a lot to me, and I wanted to lead into a, a bigger a bigger problem uh, that fits that that faces all of us younger people, and that's these uh, random deaths, you know. Uh, Accentacion got killed earlier this summer. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of his work per se, but again, there's this trend of young people dying, and uh, you know, Mac Miller's music meant uh, meant a lot to me, and I wanted to discuss that. But uh, we will have a war on the street. Have some sports news tomorrow, uh, but definitely this is a wrap for tonight, y'all. All right, y'all. This is uh, Never Out of Bounds, and this is your host El Jamal signing out.